Welcome to Bible. I'm Mr. Swindle. This episode is on John 10, 1 through 21. There are a lot of symbols and names used to describe God in the Bible. One of the most prevalent symbols used in the Bible is that of a shepherd. Perhaps because it's one of the more intuitive symbols we find in the Bible. Now, God not only uses shepherd to describe himself, but he also uses that shepherd imagery to describe some of his humblest, most compassionate, most iconic leaders. Abel, who made a sacrifice that pleased God as opposed to his brother Cain, was a shepherd. When God sent Moses to Egypt, he found him working as a shepherd in the land of Midian. The Levites, the tribe of the priests, also worked as shepherds. The great king, even, King David, was a shepherd from his youth. Interestingly enough, this is the same King David who wrote the words of Psalm 23, which begins like this, The Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. Now, let's jump into today's text. What just happened in chapter 9? Well, for one, the Jewish authorities, from whom God has appointed to take care of the poor and the weak, are not doing their job. God wants his priests, his servants, to be merciful and compassionate. But instead, what do they do with this blind man? They cast him out. They banish him from the synagogue. Listen to the harshness of their words. In verse 28, it says they reviled the man. And in verse 34, they say, You were born in utter sin. Would you teach us? And they cast him out. What did the man do so wrong that deserves such punishment? He did nothing wrong. And what do they do to him? Essentially, they say to the man, How dare you question us? Get out of here! That's not what a shepherd is supposed to do. These priests, these Pharisees, they're supposed to take care of people and help them understand and be leaders for God's people. Moreover, they should be the ones most aware of their own sin, their own need for God. They need God's grace just as much as everyone else. How does Jesus treat the man when he's cast out and all alone? A man who not even his parents are there for him in that moment. What does Jesus do? Another way of asking is, who is Jesus to the man that was blind? That will tell us what he does. Jesus is the good shepherd. In what sense is he the good shepherd, though? In other words, what's so shepherdy, if you will, about Jesus? In verse 35, it says Jesus went and found the man as soon as they cast him out. In John chapter 4, Jesus was at the well waiting to meet the Samaritan woman. Why was he there? He was seeking her. He was seeking this man that was born blind. It's no coincidence. Jesus finds his sheep wherever they are. Those who are far off, those who are near, those who have wandered away, and those who have waited for him. Jesus seeks, finds, and keeps all of his sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. Another aspect of his shepherding is that the gatekeeper only opens the door for him. What does this mean? Well, if I may share more of my interpretation... I think Jesus is saying the gatekeeper is his father in heaven who approves of him, his son, for the role of shepherd. 
His son alone is to be the shepherd of his flock. That shepherd is the only one for whom the gatekeeper, the father, will open the gate to the sheep. Here's why I think that. In John 6, Jesus talks about his sheep being a people whom the father has given to him. Jesus came to save those people. Who are those people? All of those who believe in him. The words of Jesus. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. You see, the reason Jesus has the flock in the first place is that the Father gave them to him. The Father opened the gate to the flock and said, I open the gate to you, my beloved son. I give you these sheep. I want you to be their shepherd. I want our love for each other to be the same love they experience. Psalm 110. The Lord, Yahweh, has sworn and will not change his mind. You, that's Jesus, are a priest forever. What else makes Jesus the good shepherd? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. Those green pastures, those streams of water, as well as even those valleys of death. He's not just there with you. He's the one leading you there and leading you through it. But he's not just leading you there and leading you through it. He goes there first. He goes there on our behalf. He went to death first and came back. He's the firstborn of the dead. He passed through the waves of sorrow and death already. Isaiah 53. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. The shepherd goes before the sheep. The list goes on. What's so good about the shepherd? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What does Jesus mean by calling himself the door? Well, he's the rite of passage. If you're going to enter the flock, you enter because he granted you that access. What does the shepherd grant to become his sheep? Whoever believes in him, as it says throughout this book, that's who is granted access to this flock. That's who is granted to be his sheep. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And in John 6, again, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. These are Jesus' own words. Everyone who trusts in Jesus will not be condemned. They will not be put to shame. They will never be cast out. Like how the Pharisees cast out the man born blind. Jesus will never do that to those who come to him. Now here's the climax. I would argue these next few verses are worth the price of admission to the Gospel of John, as I said earlier. It's absolutely breathtaking stuff. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus knows all of his sheep from every tribe and every nation. That includes all of us hearing this today who believe in him. He's as committed to this relationship with his flock as he is to his relationship with his father. And when did God the Father and the Son begin loving each other? When did that relationship begin? It never began. It has always been, and it will never end. The love without beginning and without end is the love Jesus, our shepherd, gives us. You know, it's easy to make promises like, I'll always be with you. It's easy for those words to come out of our mouths. But can any of us really guarantee that to each other? Even if we maintain our love and faithfulness to another person, to the best of our ability, we can't really promise them we will literally always be there. We all die. Even in our marriage vows, we say, until death do us part. I'll be with you until death separates us. In marriage, the most intimate human relationship, we even make that caveat, that exception. Jesus is the only one who can say, in death and after your death, I'm with you. I will keep you and I will protect you. I will not abandon you to that grave. Maybe some are thinking, I'm being a little over the top, a little bit too romantic, if you will, about Jesus' love. Well, I beg to differ. It's a matter of historical fact that Jesus' love is undying for his sheep. It's not an opinion. It's not wishful thinking. It is indeed a matter of fact that he died on that cross. And it is a matter of fact that he rose from the grave. Therefore, It's a matter of fact that he loves all of those who love him and not even death separates us from that love because it didn't separate the Father and the Son from each other. The Lord Jesus is my shepherd. Let's respond to this promise today.
I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Come to him. Believe in him. Follow him. You will be saved. You will find pasture. That's all for now. Ciao. Bendiciones.